better or worse, the relationship between science, film, and media has long been intertwined. We're here to dissect that relationship, turning it inside out for all to see. And throughout the years, one truth has revealed itself. You don't need good science to make a good movie. But it sure makes it better. Hi everyone and welcome to the Real Science Podcast, the podcast where three highly qualified professionals pick a movie and then pick apart the science. My name is Kenneth Smith. My name is Sean Crossan. I'm a Michael Pace. That's right, Battle Watch 2018. The new World of Warcraft expansion, Battle for Azeroth, has hit the stores. That's Sean, right. what level are you? Oh, I'm level two already. <laughs> Already, wow. What about you, Pace? That actually checks out. That checks out. Uh, I'm 130. Jesus fucking Christ. That's not even part of the <laughs> yeah, expansion. Yeah, I know. I'm, get on my level. I'm sorry. I meant 200. I'm level 200. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Take that, Blizzard. All yeah. the way to the bank. Yeah, I'm a, um, I'm a halfling. Okay. Uh, Already wrong. Rogue. Already wrong. You're wrong. Okay. A gnome um, rogue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, rogue. no. Yeah, yeah. Halfling rogue. And I'm a gnome rogue. A. Uh, I'm a cleric and a, a rogue. <laughs> I'm both <laughs> a cl- a clero. You're a cloak. Yeah, a and, and I I can build tr- uh, houses. Can we start a new podcast where the only content is Sean's not allowed to look up anything about World of Warcraft, but we just talk about what Sean thinks World of Warcraft is? Yeah, I mean, I could tell you this. I could tell you how I think it goes. Okay, okay. Let's, why don't you tell us what the first five things you do once you log into World of Warcraft? So you, what are the first you, things you probably do? build your character like yep, the first that's time. Correct. Okay, and I'm assuming you're like, oh, whatever. I'm going to be a halfling rogue cleric that's level two. So you do yeah. that. A cloak. A cloak. Yeah, a sure, sure, sure. And uh, you build yeah, that, yeah. and then you start at like your house, and fucking <laughs> Navi pops up and is like, "Wow, what are you going to do today?" And then you, <laughs> <laughs> you uh. Go rescue um, a princess, Princess Princess Peach. Right? No, no, no. And Zelda, Prince Zelda, Princess Princess Peach, Zelda. Basis having a stroke. Yeah, you okay there? Yep. (laughs) Yep. I'm. I'm guessing that's what you do. So you go rescue a princess. Maybe you fight Mm -hmm. some monsters Mm -hmm. in some dungeons, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you Mm -hmm. probably Mm -hmm. break open barrels and collect Mm -hmm. lots of rupees. That's yes, what I would that be guessing. Is correct. Yes, that's great. Or oh, maybe right, maybe Swiss francs. I don't know. Yeah, you did very good. What's what's the what's the currency? Well, he said the in-game currency is Swiss francs. Yeah, rupees or Swiss francs. Which or Swiss francs? Swedish hot dogs. Yeah, so Swedish fish. <laughs> Those SWAT dogs are so 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 talented. Now Have I want fan them? art of. Uh, dogs dressed up in police outfits. <laughs> so how how close am I? Hey, Kenan, that definitely exists. Also, <laughs> not close at all, dude. I mean, hey, you have a new computer now. You can play. Yeah, yeah you could. I mean, yeah, I could do a lot of things if the game didn't have too many buttons. If you didn't hate RPGs, and if you didn't only have the attention span and bandwidth to play things on Super Nintendo. Hey, and I have an N sixty four. Okay, that's very that's, <laughs> that's, that's very good. <laughs> Star Fox. All right, so we don't do any of this on this podcast, but what we do do yeah, hey. is watch movies. Uh, and this week we watched Rampage. 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 Starring 
Dwayne, Dwayne the Pebble Johnson. The Rock. Dwayne, damn it. Johnson. Pace. Pace, we told you specifically not to do that. <laughs> Don't cross brands. I'm I'm just talking about smaller rocks. What are you guys talking oh about? Yeah, but he's not small in this movie. He's a very, very, very big primatologist. He's a big primatologist. Um, yeah, so we watched Rampage, which is based off the video game. The side-scrolling yes. video game. Yes. Which, you know, was kind of amazing that they made a movie based off of that. I mean, they kind of had some, uh, I don't know artistic liberties with what they could do with the movie i I would definitely say so yeah i was honestly just really fucking excited to see a movie about rampage like it got to the point where i was just so excited about the characters doing dumb shit that i didn't even care what the movie about was about anymore yeah i mean the the video game was on n64 i think right it's not playstation yeah playstation one i didn't own a playstation one and i played it so it was definitely it was, on it, it was also in a lot of arcades. Yeah, and actually it was... True, a, true. Yeah, it was on a bunch of different shit. Yeah, I mean, I and the the premise of the video game being you you choose one of these one of these gigantic beings and you break down buildings and then you win points based on how much destruction you cause. Were there only three monsters in the video game as well? I thought there were four. Were there not four? I don't know. I just remember I being remember, the, giant, the giant gorilla. We had the lizard, the ape, and... The wolf-looking thing, the werewolf-looking thing. Lizzie, George, and Ralph. Yeah, is that what they are in the game? Those are those names. Yeah. Okay, and Peppy and uh, Peppy Star Fox. Yeah. and um, and and Star Wolf. Star Wolf was also in this. They're also there. Greg the Toad. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So with this movie, mm-hmm. I realized something about myself that I'm I'm not really g- proud of, but I'm just accepting it that I am one of those people. Okay. That will just watch The Rock in anything. Like yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't really. Of course, yeah. I'm definitely one of those people too. Yeah, like I, I realized watching this Even movie, the Tooth Fairy. I realized watching this movie that I was extremely excited about seeing The Rock do something in a movie, and I was like, wow, that's that's exactly <laughs> why they made this fucking movie is because they know I'll watch it. They know that you'll just eat any content that The Rock is in. Yeah, yeah, he's very charming. He's a very charming, good-looking dude, and he's got big muscles, and <laughs> and he's and he's ready to go. He's also he's got the juices. Just to clear the air, I definitely played Rampage on in an arcade the first time I played it, which yeah, makes sense because it was time developed I by Midway. Uh-huh. It was on NES. The ramp, the second one, Rampage: Total Destruction, was on PlayStation Two, and that's what I grew up with. Okay, so it was uh, on NES, like the original NES, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Anyway, the only three characters that were in this were, indeed, George, Lizzie, and Ralph. And we get a brief cameo yes. at the beginning uh, by, I guess, Rhett the Rat. Or maybe it was uh, the other rat whose name that escapes me at the moment. Radigan. Yeah, it was Sir Radigan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Sir Radigan the Rat. Before we go into this, mm-hmm. should we figure out who's going to discuss the plot? We I should! I think this bef- week. before we do that, we oh. should, uh, Pace, you should tell our listeners if we have any disclaimers. We do have some disclaimers, and those are... Okay, do you have any financial conflicts of interest to disclose Pace? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. That's amazing, we don't make any money on this. Let's, let's hear them. <laughs> it's that I I was on the the original team that designed the video game Rampage. Oh, and oh okay. If you, you guys, son of a bitch. If you guys cover this content, then... I'm going to be in real doo-doo. Big old doo-doo. Okay, well, we're doing it anyway, so I'm sorry to run you out of your money. Yeah, so okay. what, are, well, what are our actual disclosures? In that case, we are three three naughty boys with bad mouths <laughs> and uh, going to say some bad words and going to talk some science science and going to 
just, you know, make sounds in your ears about science and naughty things. Yes, your, those are all accurate. That's what we're Your doing. disclosures have become the ramblings of an insane person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're terrible, actually. <laughs> you, said, you said the word <laughs> naughty and ear sounds. <laughs> we are naughty boys and we are going to curse. We're going to curse and we're going to break down some of the science in this film, which can be technical at times. It's because you love us. That's fucking and right. We're smart, smart. Okay, so That's Kenan... Good. Why yes. don't you intro, since this was your idea, why don't you tell everybody uh, how we're going to do this format for the episode? Yeah, so Pace uh, covered our plot last time, so he is uh, currently exempt from the gauntlet that Sean and I are about to run through to see who has to cover the plot. Um, I have in front of me a beautiful marbled D20 that I'm going to roll, and I see that you have maybe a green D20 in front of you that you're also I have a Magic the Gathering Aether Revolt spin-down dice. You <laughs> son of a bitch. That's not random. All right, I'm going to let you spin it. It is. I'm, I'm going to... Don't worry. It's random. Okay, you're going to flip it around a lot. Okay, we're going to roll this, and the highest has to do the plot. You ready? Okay. All right. Yep. What'd you get? What'd you get? <laughs> What'd you get, buddy? I got a 17. I got a 1? Um, oh, oh, so you got to do it. So I guess it's fucking me then. Because you, cause you crit <laughs> failed. So so for the listeners, the highest has to go, but if you get a one, then you definitely have to go. Yeah, I fucking crit failed like a punk. All right, so All right, you're a punk. Kenan, what happened during this movie rampage? Hell yeah, dude. All right, hold on one sec. Knuckle crack, knuckle crack, knuckle crack, knuckle crack. All right, so uh, <laughs> you weren't this cracking movie your opens. Knuckles. What? You weren't cracking your knuckles? Yeah, I did. You're the. Hold on. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Yeah, okay. Uh, so this movie opens like, I want to say like maybe 50% of the movies that we watch opens with a scientist running away from something. Um, they, we see a person inside a satellite research station that is on fire in space, which is great. Uh, and there is some sort of monster running around on the inside. And the movie establishes threat really early on uh, when the scientist is trying to get out of the, uh, out of the satellite and into an escape pod. And whoever she's talking to on the other side is like, no, you can't leave unless you get the research. And she's like, no, so-and-so is out. And they're like, it's just a rat. And she's like, no, not anymore. And then she turns not and anymore, looks at it's the not a rat. Anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, they won't let her out unless she goes and gets the research. So she runs back through, uh, finds a bunch of containers uh, in a big box, takes them with her. And while she's running back to the pod, the rat, uh, I guess Curtis is probably his name, uh, yeah, runs yeah, after her. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Runs after her yeah. and fucks up the pod that she's trying to get into. She manages to escape, but during her entry, the pod explodes. Uh, she dies. Super cool. Uh, and the thing breaks up during entry. So this is the opening to how we get the spooky research crap to Earth so that we can make giant monsters. Um, mm-hmm. We then cut to the rock, who we find out is a uh, beautiful, strong primatologist at the San Diego Zoo um, with an apparently amazing military history. Um, during interactions with him and his students, we learn that he and a giant gorilla named George are best friends. During this interaction, George flicks off the rock. It's very funny. Monkeys, monkeys giving the bird it's bird. Very good. I think that was actually probably my favorite part about this movie was George uh-huh. flipping the bird. Yeah. These two really love monkeying <laughs> around. Fuck. Oh, yes. <laughs> Jesus. Yes, they do. They do that? love it. That's good, Sean. I'll give you that. Um, so oh. they establish that George is the best character. They establish that Rock is not a people person because he turns out a date. Super cool. You know, just sort of the like loner scientist stereotype we got going here. Um, yeah. Yep. 
<laughs> the next thing we get is that all the asteroids impact uh, throughout North America. They land on wolves, George's enclosure in a swamp. Uh, eventually, we end up getting three giant beasts. So that is Ralph, George, and Lizzie, the lizard. They find the canister in his enclosure whenever George escapes and he kills a bear. And a woman named Dr. Caldwell shows up. She explains she works for an evil company called Energine, the company that's responsible for both is, the satellite. Are you sure it's Energine? I think it's Energine. Or Energine. Are you sure, it's sure it's not, not Energine? Energine. Ener- I mean, they probably say Energine, but it's definitely spelled with a Y. It is spelled with a Y, Energine. It's Energine. Also, that sounds like like the alternative energy drink. Like, may I please have just a big old gulp of that Energine? Electrogene. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Electrogine. That's a different thing. Um, they spend the better part of a few minutes of this movie trying to uh, calm down George until they're captured by the government. Uh, we're introduced to two evil science pe- uh, people named Brett and Claire, I think. Yeah, that was pretty good. Sweet, yes. got it. Uh, they say we got to get our property back, so they hire a paramilitary guy, a spooky dude with a beard, who, when we're first introduced to him, is walking with his back to us and opens a car door with a gun, uh, holsters it, walks it over to a helicopter... Someone hands him a rifle, he puts a magazine in it, and then immediately hands it to somebody else. <laughs> it's true. It's fucking yeah, ridiculous. I didn't actually catch that he was doing that. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, what the fuck? He what was is he supposed <laughs> to establish? Yeah, because his friend was like, can you help me load it? I don't know and if then I get he, this in here. And then he put the magazine in for him and was like, here you go, bud. No worries, Greg, I got you. Yeah. They go try and hunt down Ralph. Uh, the giant wolf kills literally everyone and eventually kills our hero with the beard. During this time, The Rock, who's just been arrested along with Kate... Uh, are accosted by Jeffrey Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Uh, He is the head of some sort of mystery organization. They take George, The Rock, Kate, try to transport them, uh, I think, I guess, I don't know, to a fucking government facility or something. That's what it seems like, yeah. Yeah. It might even be like a military military base. We can talk talk more about the plot holes in this movie in a second, but I just wanted to (laughs) briefly mention that they literally have this whole monologue where he's telling him he's going to kill George, and then instead of just killing him, he knocks him out and puts him in a plane to transport him somewhere to kill him. Yeah, dude. Which doesn't yes. make any fucking, fucking sense. Point of this. It's like they literally had him under and they were feeding him uh, anesthetic. They could have just upped the dose way more. Yeah, they were already going to kill him. They're like, yeah, we're going to kill him. But we'll yeah, fly him somewhere first. <laughs> like, okay, anyway, way, sorry, Kenan. No, you're good. Either way, Brett and Claire uh, tell the viewers that they have something called a chill pill or R19 that they can give to these monsters and it will, I guess, change them back to normal at this point. Um, they turn on a low-frequency radio wave emitter, which apparently reaches all the way across the country so that they can attract the monsters back to them, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, give them the R-19, and then I, I don't know, I guess, like, go to Aruba? I, like, I don't know what the fucking plan is after that. They will have three giant monsters with them. They drive them back to Chicago. Uh, Lizzie, Ralph, and George all fuck off back to Chicago to try to get this building. George wakes up on the plane. The plane crashes. The Rock saves Kate and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. For plot reasons, the plane crashes. They can't find George, but they're picked up by the army. uh, And then they are told that they have cornered, uh, the army has cornered Ralph and Lizzie and are about to engage them. Uh, The military man is your, like, standard stock by the rules, no-nonsense dude. And he doesn't listen to our our cowboy (laughs) buddy, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who literally, he talks in a southern accent and carries a gun, like a silver gun on the, his front hip, and says the word cowboy <laughs> yeah. four times. I like him a lot, though. We like him. Oh, yeah. He's a good character. Well, he's a good actor, but they're really trying to drive home this, like, weird point yeah. that yeah. he's a cowboy, and you're like, I don't understand like, no why that's it, really. relevant to what's happening. 
he could just have, be like a really charismatic like individual, but they're like, yeah. oh no, he's a cowboy. And you're like, Whoa. one of the other characters is literally like, I'm sick of your cowboy tactics, Jeff, Jeffrey. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff. Jeff. Goldblum. Uh, either way, the military engages George and Ralph, but they make it to the city because they can't kill them. Lizzie pops out of the water and they're like, my God, begins eating a bunch of people. Um, there's a brief scene where George, I wrote this down for some reason, George destroys a Dave and Buster's and the yeah, Dave and Buster's logo flies towards the camera. Branding. Yeah. I don't know if they just like gave yeah. Rampage a lot of money, but there's a lot they of Dave have. and Buster's they content. They're probably sponsored. Rampage brought to you by David Buster. Oh, you know what? Because they probably fucking have the video game. They oh my do. god, they definitely do. That's it. And that's no it, one it, goes David Buster, so they need to up the ante. Hey, it, if there was a David Buster's in Gainesville, I would fucking eat there every week. <laughs> I, I fucking know you would. <laughs> <laughs> Be so. What the fuck? What do you not like video games? No, and it's food? cool. I don't... It's just only full of people who are like twenty years older than me. I'm younger than you, though. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would take my future children to Dave and Buster's. That's fair. It's basically an adult Chuck E. Cheese. It is. It is. It sounds great. I don't get why you wouldn't like it. Either way, the military decides to do what every movie does at this point when there's a disaster, and they say they're going to drop a nuke on it um, because that's how movies work. The army helps out Jeffrey Dean Morgan by telling him that Brett and Claire have secret information on a separate server that they didn't find so they can try and like figure out, oh, they definitely did this, so... The Rock and Claire make it to this building after Jeffrey Dean Morgan helps them escape. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan tells them about the bomb. The Rock gets to kick open a door. They find R-19, which is our secret chill pill that apparently just makes them aggressive and, less, and not smaller. Claire and Brett catch up to them. The building collapses while all the monsters are climbing up the top of it. Claire gets eaten by the fucking gorilla. While... Seriously, though, along with the <laughs> along with some sort of antidote to their, yes. to their madness. There's a scene where... Kate puts the antidote in Claire's purse, and The Rock is like, hey, George, come here. And then George just fucking eats Claire. Yeah. Which is great, because he has never eaten anybody else in the entire movie. Or probably any meat ever? Well, I guess... Well, he just... No, I mean, he's eaten meat. I was gonna say, I think gorillas are technically omnivores. Yeah. Yeah, they're omnivorous. It's just funny because, like, he's been rampaging, like, destroying an entire city, like and, like, he hasn't tried to eat anybody, and then they just called his name, and he was like, yum. Yeah, he's just been oh, smashing Oh, look, exactly shit. how he wanted it to go, so. Yeah, it was perfect. Uh, so after the building collapses, George is back to normal, but he's still fucking huge. The other monsters recover, and Kate calls off an airstrike while uh, George and The Rock fight Ralph and Lizzie in the most ridiculous fucking scene I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> yeah. The last 20 minutes of the movie is just The Rock, a tiny, tiny man, fighting these giant monsters with his pet gorilla, George. It's bonkers. Um, George gets massively injured in the fight. Lizzie bites off the head of Ralph and eats it. Um, and then after Lizzie finally dies through various means, George pretends to be dead just so he can flick off The Rock at the end of the movie and then make, like, finger in... Uh, a closed fist fuck motions about the rock and Kate. Right before he did that, I was like, oh, he's going to fucking do this, isn't he? And do the finger in hand. And then he fucking did it. I was like, I, I, I don't know what to do I, with this movie. I, I thought it might have been a, it might, this movie might've had a good ending and the monkey would have actually died. The apes. And, but then he didn't. And then just the dedication to the bit was impressive. Yeah. Well, I mean, I so I was sad because it was like a real fucking Iron Giant moment where, like, I only yeah. cared about George 
and then George died. But then when he woke up and flicked off the rock, I was like, ah, it's great. It's fucking stupid, but hey, I love it. We're all, hey, we're it's dumb. all good here. And Very then he dumb. did the then he did the fuck thing, and it was kind of like at the end of uh, what what's that movie about the the Cockney kid who ends up in a secret organization. Kingsman. Yeah, it's about a Kingsman. Yeah, I where, know like, exactly what you're fucking talking about. Yeah, about, about. Where the whole movie is just, oh yeah, he's a superhero, and then he talks to that one girl, and she's like, "If you save me, we can do anal." Yeah, and then the movie ends, and you're yeah. like, "Wait, what? Uh, what? Why, Why was that in there? there? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was very weird. But that's the whole. Yeah, that was a very Kingsman end. Yeah, that's the whole movie, and then they walk off into the sunset Literally. together. It's beautiful. Yes. Yeah. So now. We can talk about science. Yeah, we can. Now that we're done talking about a giant gorilla making fuck motions with his hands. Yeah. I think that I think I have a suggestion for this movie since okay. there's some really dorky shit. We should talk about science and I think we should each pick our favorite just fucking goofy ass scene from this movie. Hell okay. Yeah. Because we because I there's so many things that we just have to fucking You mean the talk goofiest about, like, like science scene or just in general? No, no, just your just your favorite scene for how ridiculous it okay. was. We'll do science first. I like though. this science idea, first. yeah. Um, and for those of you who aren't aware, this entire movie hinges on uh, gene editing technology it does. known as CRISPR. And the beginning <laughs> of the movie we get the kind of like preface, which is a, uh, it's just kind of setting the, the setting the stage of the film by just discussing CRISPR and what its implications are and like the scope of the movie. And they basically say that CRISPR in 1993 was a breakthrough technology that gave scientists a path to treat incurable diseases through genetic editing. Yes. But in 2016, due to its potential for misuse, the U.S. intelligence community designated genetic editing a weapon of mass destruction and proliferation. Dun, dun, dun. So what, Is that true? What about this? Well, eh. kind eh. of. Kind of. Kind of. No, it's not. Listen, this is what is true. This is what, okay. Let's say what, let's say what actually happened, though. Because CRISPR is cool. It's like DNA scissors. It's like DNA scissors. But mm-hmm. it, so it says in 1993, it, it like, you know, it was used for gene editing. Uh, the, like, the earliest CRISPR discoveries of like what it is was actually back in like the mid 80s i think mm-hmm. uh but it wasn't used for genetic until like 2003 no they were just identified as uh repeating sequences and crispr actually stands for clustered regularly interspaced short palindromic repeats yep sean can you explain what every word that means <laughs> no please it's it's a very oh, okay did you ask him to explain it yeah tell yeah, me yeah. what all those words mean I mean, other than short. Clustered? Okay, yeah. clustered means together. Okay. <laughs> Regularly means, you know, it's some sort of recurring fashion. Mm-hmm. It's reproducible. Uh, interspaced <laughs> means that, that there's spaces in between them. Mm-hmm. Interspaced. Uh, short is like the opposite of tall. Okay. <laughs> and uh, palindromic, you know, like a word like uh, like Hannah, like where it's spelled the same mm-hmm. forward and backward. Or Mr. Owl ate my metal worm. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Hey, Toyota. Uh, and then repeats means that it occurs more than once. Right. So these are these refer to DNA specifically. Yes. It they're does. segments of DNA that are like, they're palindromes and they're interspersed throughout bacterial genome. Hmm. Uh, but we're not really going to talk about the bacterial mechanism. Well, I, I mean, we could. We can we briefly. Could. Yeah. Briefly, bacteria use this, uh, these DNA sequences as a defense mechanism against invading viruses. Yeah. And so they would like absorb the viral DNA. And then they would then have that for their memory. And then yeah. they would be able to target it in the future if the same virus invaded again. Think of it kind of like an antibody. 
in a, in a human being. We develop mm-hmm. like a, an antibody to like the flu or something. Yeah. It's kind of a similar concept. Right. The uh, bacteria in question is literally taking DNA from the invading bacteriophage and using that as a fingerprint for targeting similar bacteriophages in the future. Yep. Yeah. And, and the important quality of this is that the bacteria can recognize specific DNA sequences right. that are cor- like from are they viral in origin basically yep so like but it can recognize a specific sequence that's the important part for gene editing yep and because of that we were then able to uh modern day biotechnologists were able to take that technology and adapt it using the basic ability to target a specific gene sequence to create basically a toolkit that scientists can use to target any gene yeah, uh, which has obvious relevance and implications. And it should be noted, too, that this research had been carried on for a long time in CRISPR specifically in different forms of bacteria, one of one that uh, our listeners might recognize as Streptococcus. Um, and actually, the research who origi- researchers who originally looked into CRISPR-Cas9 were studying Cas9's role in the CRISPR system in Streptococcus pyogenes. Um, yes. And this protein is specific... Because specific for this and important for gene editing because it allows uh, the CRISPR, once it recognizes DNA, allows the system in order to snip whatever the target is. So it's known as an endonuclease. Snip, snip. Mm-hmm. So that's basically it. I mean, that's CRISPR. And then the, so, the, go ahead, John, sorry. No, I was going to say, so you mentioned that uh, in the movie they have a uh, block of text saying that it's a weapon of mass destruction. Oh, yeah. And you said this was partially true? Yeah, it's kind of true. Yeah. Um, So apparently in uh, 2016, February specifically, uh, during a meeting of the National National Intelligence Community, uh, James Clapper, who is the U.S. Director of National Intelligence at the time, uh, referenced gene editing as potentially a potential threat of weapon of uh, as a weapon of mass destruction and proliferation. But this was something that was written down during a meeting, which everyone was talking about different things that could potentially one day be used for, for uh, as a weapon, could one day be weaponized. Yeah, without the proper regulation or anything, which is in place, Right. by and the way. Absolutely not officially designated as a weapon of mass destruction. No. no. Yeah, it's not at all. So I think this the way they word it in the movie is sort of implying that, oh, it's a weapon of mass destruction, which right. is definitely... Not. It's a lie, so. The Rock. How dare you? How, <laughs> how dare you? How dare you, Doctor The Rock? So then, let's like we should probably jump into then how CRISPR is used in the film, right? I mean, I feel like that's that's a good idea. So basically, what happens in the film, as we were discussing in the plot Do summary, it, Pace. in the movie, the CRISPR is like in an aerosol form, which yeah, is not how that would work. And they refer to it as a pathogen. A pathogen. A yeah, they refer to it as a pathogen. They call it a pathogen, which I guess implies like you know. Uh, infectious or like disease causing it. Well, go ahead, Ken. So there is research in using the CRISPR-Cas9 system as delivered by viruses. So mm-hmm. the virus that Sean and I uh, have worked on and do work on, AAV, uh, has actually been used in a couple of different scientific investigations in order to try and deliver CRISPR and Cas9 for the purposes yes. of gene editing. Um, yeah. yeah, we we specifically researched this in our lab. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point, actually. It's basically that, you know, like we briefly mentioned, that the CRISPR-Cas system is really just 
a protein that can specifically cut DNA at a targeted site. And so this is really useful when you're thinking about being therapeutic for treating diseases because you could have a disease where there's like a single mutation in a sequence of DNA. And if you can just cut that mutation out and edit it to be correct, then the person won't have the disease anymore. So that's like a general goal of why people use CRISPR and what we're using it for. And just for contrast, from a therapeutic standpoint, when we've talked about gene therapy in the past, the intent is to identify a gene that creates a non-functional version of a protein, kind of like Sean mentioned. But typically when we've talked about this, we talk about the process of creating uh, a bit of DNA that can enter cells and make an entirely new functional version of the gene. Whereas what Sean is describing, like he said, you just have to edit a small part in order to have the cells naturally express their own DNA and produce a, a now functional version. Right. Instead of supplementing, you're editing the original genetic material that's inside and the that's cell. that's how you get bat wings yeah. on people. That's how you, yeah. Well, it's, it's <laughs> apparently, like, yeah, apparently. There's a difference between gene editing and gene delivery, mm-hmm. right? Like, so CRISPR is used for gene editing, like changing the genes that are already there. This is especially good if you just want to uh, prevent a gene from functioning. I think you mentioned that, Kenan, like in Huntington's disease or something mm-hmm. like that, where you have a, a mutant that causes diseases, you just, you cut it and then it tries to repair itself, usually not very well. And the gene doesn't work anymore, so you're good. The hard part is when you want to, like, fix a gene and make it still work. Because then you're dependent upon other, more or less likely ways that the cell will try to fix its DNA. Yep. Exactly. So, since since we're talking about the way they deliver the CRISPR vector, I don't know if they use a virus or not. I just want to jump in with my actual, like, favorite scene from the movie. And by favorite, I mean fucking worst worked out scene in the entire movie, I think. (laughs) Um, Peace, Sean. I don't know. I just think I think like this is where the plot holes start. And it's literally like scene one of the movie. Yeah. So (laughs) so there's these canisters that are full of the research subject material and they are plummeting towards Earth and they land on Earth. Right. And one, they're totally intact, except for the fact that when they hit the ground, they burst open (laughs) and they (laughs) they start releasing a green gas into the air. Mm -hmm. Poo gas. Yeah, so this is basically they're like we find out later when Claire and what's his name? Brian, Brad, whatever, Brett. Claire and Brian. Brett Claire and Brett are talking about this that she's like, Well, the research material crash land on the earth, but it's definitely okay because we designed it to withstand the reentry back to Earth. Mm-hmm. So so, okay, first problem, if you're designing something to withstand re-entry and it explodes when it hits the ground, <laughs> that doesn't withstand re-entry, you did a bad job. okay? Yeah, you did a bad job. It doesn't withstand re-entry. Number two, they're basically saying it, that they have an aerosolized pathogen that infects people with the CRISPR system and it edits their genes to make them rampagey. The third capsule lands directly in the water. Yep. Uh, and bursts so if it's an aerosolized vector or like virus or whatever and it releases into the water it's not going to work it's not going to be transmitted to an animal um yeah exactly so so that doesn't make any sense even though lizzie eats the capsule like it's still aerosolized and compressed gas so that would probably be very bad like i don't think that would work it would probably just kill a regular ass crocodile yeah, right. So it doesn't make any sense. Sorry, alligator. Um, yes, <laughs> yes, yes the, um, Kevin. <laughs> the, 
the movie really exaggerates the like the the spreadability of it. Well, they they call it CRISPR here, but like it's actually very very hard to get CRISPR to do what you want it to do, yeah. and to get get it to infect all cells, which is kind of discussed in the movie. Uh, depending on what kind of like delivery system you're using, like AAV, but it's tough. It's not just gonna you can't just breathe it in and bam, you're mutated. It's not how it yeah, works. Yeah, never mind yeah. the like inhaling it is not a systemic delivery. Like you're not no. putting it into veins, which would be ideal for getting it into all yes. of your cells. Yeah, yes. if this like treatment thing has any effect, it would probably just affect their lung cells. Yep, like mostly they have so. super super lungs, very big big lungs for breathing, big beefy lungs. Well, yeah, th- this was my derpy big air sacs. Yes, yes, big sacs. This was my derpy scene <laughs> air sacs, in the yes. movie. Yeah, big, big sacs. Air sacs. Mm-hmm. Big yeah. sacs. Yeah, okay, can we move on for big sacs, please? This was my like derpy scene in the movie where like right from the get go, the transmission of this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But I wanted to talk about it real quick because now I think we can discuss some of the traits of the animals after they become rampageified. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And yep. we can discuss yep. like you know if this is realistic or not. Sure. Which hey, okay. spoiler alert. It's not. It's not. <laughs> they try to introduce these features into the infected organisms that get the CRISPR. So, like, they have different, like, separate genes from all these different wild animals mm-hmm. to get, like, extra aggression. Regeneration from the African spiny mouse. Mm-hmm. Like, sonar communication abilities from bats. Yeah, that's for the radio wave thing. The strength of a rhinoceros beetle, the the growth rate of a blue whale and they and they combine all these things to make this just like <laughs> this this delicious cocktail of gene These editing. literally sound like how you would describe the superpowers for Captain Planet. <laughs> <laughs> the strength of yeah, the mighty seriously. beetle. <laughs> <laughs> the relative strength is probably very strong. I will give them that. Sure. Um, but here's the thing. This is, this is where things get messy with not just like the movie but with, like, with CRISPR too is that uh, they're trying to create all these gene editing skills they these different traits that they're changing, we don't know if they're like polygenic or like monogenic or hey, how. Pace, I yes, know hundred percent that strength is polygenic. Like, <laughs> well, yes, I mean, that's that's the point that I'm. That's the broad point hey, that yeah. I'm making. Sorry, that, sorry, listeners, let me just butt in here for a second. Polygenic means more than one gene. Uh, in case you weren't keeping yes, up with that, because yes. uh, Pace was not explaining it. Sorry, monogenic means like a trait is like is isolated to one gene. Mm-hmm. Only this. Like, uh, let's, I don't know, and a good, a good example could probably be, I don't know, like... Like, eye color. Eye color. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know one if gene determines one... what color your eyes are. Yeah. Um, but then most things are polygenic, as in, like, they're influenced, these physical traits that you have are influenced by more than one gene, and it makes it harder and harder to change with gene editing. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if eye color, I'm thinking it's closer to monogenic but I, I don't even know if it is it's definitely just, a simpler trait yeah. yeah i think actually uh the different the t- types this is so random but the like the, the the consistency of your earwax i think is one gene the, so did you just say the consistency of earwax yes sean that's what i said that is oh. very you did tell us ahead of time that it was going to be random and i still wasn't ready for it yeah, I would say it. it was very random. That's what it is. Okay. Um, well, they definitely can't do what they're doing because they're taking a lot no, they, of different it's traits. it's not realistic at all. It's they're not. They're making it sound like traits in general are Legos, and that's how they've constructed these animals. Yeah, also, like, genes and traits are totally different things. Yes. Right? It's true. Like, it's they're true. just not the same thing. So if you can edit genes, it doesn't mean that you can affect, like, all the traits of a person. 
Correct. And like yeah. give them porcupine spines and shit. Like that doesn't make any make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. You have to understand how the genes work. So, um, and something like aggression is going to be so complicated that you can't just change it with a gene with one Agreed. gene. You know what? I want to fucking talk about pace. Yes. Uh, the Rock, or maybe it was his buddy. I don't know who it was. What was his name? Gary. We're going to call him Gary. Frank. Fra- Frank. Was it Frank? Frank and Doodle Doo. Swiss Frank. Yep. Swiss Frank, uh, when <laughs> George first gets infected, uh, approaches the rock and brings him what I guess are his charts. And he mentions something about how his neuromuscular synaptic activity and growth hormone content is way off the charts and he should be dead. I want to know what this horse shit means. Dr. Michael Pace. The cha- I'm not a doctor. Future Dr. Michael Pace. Dr. Michael Pace. Soon. Okay, let's start with the, the neuromuscular synaptic activity. So, this is a real thing. Okay. The, another word for it is like the neuromuscular junction. And what this is, is basically, as you know, your nervous system is made up of neurons. Yes. And as the neurons go out and touch your muscles, wherever your like, motor neurons come out from your spinal cord, and touch your muscles. They forms the neuromuscular junction, and that's he's referring to here. But importantly, and how what's that? If this is like relevant to what's happening in the movie, um, kind of in in the disease ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, the neuromuscular junctions die. Oh, okay. They go they go away, and that's why you have muscle wasting because your muscles need to be innervated oh. by the neurons to uh, to to maintain their current state. Is that because you're those synapses are constantly stimulating your muscles, and that happens yes. normally for us. I mean, we're we're doing that even just for ev- even like the most casual movements. You're doing that. So, right? Would it make sense then to say that if George's neuromuscular synaptic activity was going wild, he would just basically be fucking convulsing? He wouldn't. And that's that's the point I was going to make. Losing your synap- your mus- losing your neuromuscular junctions leads to muscle atrophy. Gaining more doesn't give you more muscle. Uh, Okay. Like it's just if anything, you're exactly right. He's gonna be his. He's gonna have. I mean, it's it's hard to say how this would play out because now we're just hand wavy because this hasn't really been tested. What happens when you like double the strength of the number of neuromuscular junctions? I mean, at right? least we're like, hand waving. shit! Since the movie's not doing it for us, I'm physically hand waving with my hands. You are. Right you now. are. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, but it's not how that would go. Right. I mean, if you think about like increasing the amount of neurotransmitter. That's being released from the neurons to the muscles. Acetylcholine. Yeah, but yes, like I mean, that's what what things like sarin gas basically decrease the breakdown of acetylcholine. So yep. you're it, it kills you, but it uh, like overstimulates all of the stuff that your neurons yes. are. So like you would die if you'd think about it. Like if you go with like a overactive uh, neuro, you're having like overactive neurotransmitters or like too many neurotransmitters being released yeah like that could be a bad thing i mean right specifically also because it's we're not i mean the movie sells to us that it's just muscles involved with you know throwing trucks or uh, punching bad guys but it also includes would include what muscles like those surrounding your heart or surrounding your lungs yeah yeah right yeah or like your eyeballs or yeah you know everything that you all of your non-skeletal yeah, muscles. That, yes. Yeah, your mm-hmm. dong muscle. And your your dong? Now, that's more of a... Never mind. Okay. Um, <laughs> we don't have to talk about the dong on this episode. <laughs> he, they, they also... So, it's not just the, the NMJ. It's not just the neuromuscular junction. It's also the growth hormones, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know 
Like I know about brain derived growth hormones. I don't know about the ones in the perif- in the in the rest of your body. I'm the not periphery. really sure how that would affect muscle growth. Muscle growth, um, because the way you grow muscles is not by like growth hormone. It's not not it's not by uh, stimulating with them with neurons. It's you have to like tear your muscle and then it, whenever it forms back together, it it like you generate more myofibrils in your in your muscles. Okay. Um, and so that's, it's not the process by which he would gain muscle, but he's also twice as big, which wouldn't happen either. So I, who the fuck knows? I feel like the biggest fallacy that these types of like gene editing movies make all the time is that the idea that like, oh yeah, to get your muscles to grow, you just activate growth hormones and it'll make them grow. And, And the thing is like, there's a reason that we aren't double the size like we have evolved to be a certain size so just by making your cells uncontrollably grow that leads to tumors that doesn't lead to like functioning of like a whole biological organism so the idea that even if all of this technology works and you can target every single cell you can turn on whatever gene you want you can turn off whatever gene you want just when you're working with genes that are in an organism that have evolved to do a certain thing. Yep. And if you're drastically changing that, it's not going to work the way you want it to. Right. And and this movie, much like uh, uh, how things like X-Men movies and, and comics treat the development of mu- mut- uh, mutated genes or something like that, this movie also assumes that our gorilla friend has gained far more muscle mass but then also apparently every other part of his body, including his skeleton, all of the things connecting his muscles to that skeleton, all of his organs have also all grown to compensate it. Yeah. Like, yep. do you know how much that would hurt? Yeah, it would kill <laughs> Oh, him. my God. The very, very large organisms, something that's commonly referenced to as terrestrial gigantism, where you have mm-hmm. very, like, very, very, very large organisms. So things like elephants and stuff like that. They're all yes. limited in size, as Sean was saying, because of what the physical limitations of living on Earth are. I mean, granted, you had, like, dinosaurs at some point, but organisms being that large all had problems. And so. they also had a different atmospheric condition that they grew up yes, in. Yes, 100%. Which, like, and different, yeah. different pressures. And, like, if you want to reproduce, you can, you can only... An animal of one size can only give birth to another <laughs> animal of such big a size, mm-hmm. you know? So that's why animals also stay, like, on a relatively static size. But the most important thing is, guys... This is why it's so clear that in Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, whenever <laughs> okay, whenever whenever Harry breaks his arm and has to drink the Skelligro after the Quidditch match, mm-hmm. it hurts so bad mm-hmm. because growing muscles would hurt, obviously. And bone. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's bones. It's bones. My bad. Yeah, it it's is bone. called Skelligro, right? Like Skelligro. Maybe we should cover Harry Potter next. We should cover Harry Potter. No. There's a lot of yeah. Science there's a lot of science, and by science I mean magic. <laughs> hey, magic is just science. We don't understand. All right, Thor. We got to move that, on. Okay. So one thing that we could point out is that you can actually cause large amounts of muscle growth in organisms. Yes. Um, and what we kind of thought would would be fun is that if they had really wanted to make a very very big George. Now, granted, he wouldn't have gotten bigger. He would have just gotten a lot beefier. They could have done something mm-hmm. like inhibited myostatin. Uh, which is Ooh, myostatin. Ooh, what's that? What's that though? Myostatin. So myostatin acts as a negative regulator of skeletal muscle mass. Um, Say that again. Negative regulator of skeletal S- muscle mass. Say it in, in the English, can in layman terms, please. Oi, a negative regulator of skeletal muscle mass. <laughs> Mate, That's perfect. Perfect. 
Um, oh, God. If you turn off myostatin, basically, in an organism, um, muscles will grow uninhibited. So, for instance, you could do something like this in a mouse, and then you end up with really, really beefy, beefy fucking mice. Um, yes. So, theoretically, Real beefy. at a young age, they could have done this for George, and he would have been a beefy boy. Maybe. Yes. Beefy boy. And I'll buy no beefy boy. That's if they could have delivered it to all of his muscle cells. Exactly, which I think they yes. mentioned in the movie. So in the movie, they uh, Kate makes this crazy the claim. who used yeah, to work at uh, Energy. Energy. Yeah. Energen. Energen. You been the Energen? Guys, it's Energy. It's definitely, <laughs> it's got, it's definitely Energy. No, you're right. I'm sorry for my sins. Go ahead. She When she's introducing herself to Dwayne The Rock Johnson, she's telling him that this was part of her research and that she's developed a mechanism to deliver the CRISPR to every single cell in the body. Wow, she's done which, what science could never do. Yeah, she's got a Nobel Prize because that's insane. That's the craziest yeah, thing. Yeah, that would, is ridiculous. You know how you do it? You genetically edit an embryo and then it's in every cell in the body yep. and that's the yeah. only way you can do it. Like, yeah. right now, that's the only way you can do it. So. Because every cell comes from that one embryo. That's right, Base. They do justify in the movie that they have a mechanism to do this, but in real life, there is no way you can do this without editing the embryo. Absolutely not. So, yeah. So, but, but yeah, I mean, myostatin would be a good idea if they were going to do this because there are animals that exist, like, there are animals that exist in nature that have um, a mutated copy of myostatin mm-hmm. and they actually are, like, really, really jacked. Like, there's yeah. a, a cow. What are they called? Like, blue. Bluebell, not bluebell. It's like blue bowl cows oh, or something. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they literally looks like this bull has been just eating steroids and yeah. just hitting the gym all the time. If you just look up like myostatin bull or like myostatin you cow, can, yeah. you will see it. I would Google it. Do they, listeners? This is a little too sciencey for a broadcast. But do, do you remember if they overexpress activin two receptors or? I think they're heterozygous for myostatin. Uh, I think they just only have one copy of the gene instead of two copies. Okay. So it's like a naturally occurring um, mutant beefy cows. I did. Uh, I saw a couple yeah. images of um, it was some kind of dog. It might have. I think it's actually been a. It might have it's a whippet. It's a whippet. Was it a whippet? And, yeah, whippet. And those are like normally very skinny, like greyhound-looking dogs yeah. that that run races. You decrease the expression of of myostatin, and they look like they look like large lads, large lads. Yes. Yeah. I think if you make an animal that is um, homozygous knockout, meaning that it just doesn't have any, it doesn't make myostatin at all. I think the animal. I don't remember. I think it's fine. Like, it, it survives, but I think there's a lot of problems with that. Yeah. Like, it has issues, like, developmentally, because you have myostatin for a reason, yeah. which is, like, a pretty good point to remember that, like, the gene is expressed in your body for a reason. Well, we mentioned muscles around, you know, other specific organs, but I'm sure they would have problems with things like an enlarged heart, or they would have issues breathing. So mm-hmm. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I think one of the ideas is that, like, for race dogs and stuff, because whippets are a race dog, they actually try and breed. Like, there was, I think they could breed heterozygous ones, so they only have one copy. So they have, like, enhanced muscle growth, but it's not out of control. Okay. Sweet. So, anyways, right. that's a real life example. You're welcome, Rampage. You're welcome, Rampage. You're welcome. You're welcome, Dwayne. You jabroni. You fucking jabroni. <laughs> um, all right. So I, I think next I want to bring up what I consider to be one of my uh, favorite craziest scenes in this film is that. And that is they somehow are able to use radio waves God. to get the monkey and the gorilla who are out in like Mon- 
like Wyoming or something? Yeah, the uh, George the Gorilla is, I think, just like in the middle of the U.S. at this point because they crashed somewhere. And Ralph the yeah Ralph the Wolf starts out in Wyoming. They developed like they used Gene from a bat to make it so that the animals could uh, detect radio waves and be attracted so to it. Frustrating. <laughs> it's bonkers, and and so uh, they do this, and so then they're they run from the middle of the from the, the middle of our good old U.S. of A. Mm-hmm. to Chicago uh, to climb the Sears Tower and destroy the radio tower that is on top of this building. Right. Yeah, it uh, all checks out. All checks out. Sounds yeah, good. Everyone who ever, yep. you know, wants to uh, visit a big city someday does. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 All of this checks out, including the things that Kenan said. <laughs> cool. So that was a good scene. Uh, I guess we could just move on. Yeah. What you, why, yes. Why'd you bring this up, Ace? Just because it's fucking yeah. buck wild? Because it was, it's, it's, it's wrong. Yeah. No. Wait, it's, it's wrong? <laughs> I don't know enough it's about ba- how... Was it not obvious? It's Do you mean wrong. Hollywood it, lied to okay. me? <laughs> you know how when you get in your car... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. you're trying to listen to the goddamn radio, and uh-huh. you drive ten minutes one way, and the radio signal goes out? That's how far radio waves go. It's not far. <laughs> okay? Interesting. Okay, okay. I mean, that's fair. It could be. That's FM radio. Yeah, that's FM radio. Okay, how far does AM radio go? Pretty far. A little bit longer. Pretty far. Yes. Does it go a thousand miles? I mean, if, if, if you it's use, nighttime if you and use, you get like, some reflections off the ionosphere. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you could use long wave band AM broadcasting, which is low frequency. Any distances. What are the established distances? Well, I think the biggest problem isn't the distances. It's the fact that I'm pretty sure bats don't fucking hear radio waves. <laughs> well, of course, that's yeah, that's OK. I thought we were already I thought we already debunked that part of it. Uh I was thinking, well, like you were looking for something else for me to for me no, to come pa- at you with. Pace, here. I was eating out of the palm of Hollywood's hand. I was buying into all of it. Wow. And I need I need you to tell me what's real and what isn't real. I mean, well, okay, we could if we want to hand away for this fucking movie, which is all we do. Um, low frequency radio waves, I think, can travel about to no, like one thousand. I think about one thousand miles. Um, okay. But if they okay. are completely for, in fucking San Diego, right? That's not going. Yeah. To, that's not going to reach that far. I mean, that's what like halfway across the U.S. Yeah, the U.S. Uh, is it's like over, it's over halfway. I mean, if you go like coast to coast, it's like close to three thousand miles. Yeah, you're right. So um, like maybe so. so from Chicago. Well, let me just do a quick. We can use our friend yeah, Google dude, Maps. Let's, to... let's hop on the map no. real quick. Okay, okay. To just figure out where we're hey, gonna go here to hey get guys, this radio. Wyoming, wave, why don't we know? just ask Jeeves how far it is? Chicago to Wyoming. Oh, we could do that though. Jesus, our buddy. I mean, that's hold on. Chicago to Wyoming is eleven thousand miles, and radio waves can travel up to uh, AM radio waves can travel up to twelve hundred. I'm, I'm sorry, eleven eleven hundred miles. Hundred miles. I apologize. Yes, the Earth is not fucking Jupiter. From San Diego to Chicago, to Chicago it is uh, two thousand. Yeah, so that wouldn't work. But they could pick it up in no. Wyoming, so our boy, our wolf boy, could go. I suppose. Yeah. So, so the radio waves. One bats can't detect radio waves. I don't think yep. they can. They can echolocate, but they don't yes. detect radio waves. No, they are um, able to turn the screeches that they make into methods of navigation. And how to not bump into trees. Mm-hmm. The radio waves won't reach that far, even if they're super low frequency. Third, this is something that really bugged me. When they turn on the radio tower, you hear a humming noise, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. if it's a radio wave, do you guys ever just drive around and hear oh, humming noises yeah. from all the radio constantly, waves? Sean. Constantly. It literally yeah. makes no sense. Radio waves don't hum. It doesn't. 
I mean, it's not that that's. <laughs> I mean, it. They needed it for the movie, right? Like the same way that they needed the radio tower that transmits radio waves, like a regular ass radio tower, to have little like glowing blue bits come out of it when they turn it on. Yeah. Sound and radio waves are two different things. Mm-hmm. Radio waves are electromagnetic energy. Like it's literally like, uh, it's like light basically. And what is sound? It's just a long sound is compressed air. It, it's yeah. <laughs> it's nothing. They're not the same at all. So hearing radio waves isn't a thing. Like detecting them could potentially maybe be a thing for a fictional animal. But I mean, maybe we yeah. could say that uh, Ralph and George are both wearing uh, AM Walkman. Walkmans, and they've just been listening to the AM Walkmans. That's what it is. Yeah. They they just like, oh, my Walkman turned on. Oh, shit. Time to go to Chicago. Time to go home to Chicago. Okay, sorry, I got a little, I got a little mad there. No, but that okay. whole premise hey, it's was okay. just. <laughs> Kenan, what the fuck is your scene? Okay, uh, so this one has absolutely nothing to do with science. But to be honest with you, I think it is the least believable moment in the entire movie. Okay. Okay, it's gonna have to be pretty unbelievable after this radio wave shit. Okay. Uh, I wanted to point out that Brett, who fulfills the role next to Claire as angry business douchebag, um, mm-hmm. there is a moment when they are talking to each other about how they don't want to go to prison, and Claire brings up this magical R19 chill pill bullshit that they're going to use to depower the monsters. Oh, yeah. And the man has a cup of coffee in one hand and a Pop-Tart in the other hand, and the Pop-Tart is delicately <laughs> wrapped in a small blue towel, like a fucking psychopath. There's absolutely no fucking way anyone eats a Pop-Tart like this. I, t- I actually did have a moment when I saw it with that. I was like, is that a Pop-Tart? And it just went to the next scene. Inside a handkerchief, Sean. <laughs> well, he doesn't want to get uh, the sprinkles on his hands. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is American yeah, right. psycho level bullshit of eating food. Yeah. And I didn't even realize that. That is weird. It was a very stupid scene. Um, yep. The only other thing that I thought was ridiculous about this movie, but I fucking get it because they have the rock here is that there are so many points in the movie where rock does the rock does things just because he's the rock and a big boy that don't really need to be in the movie. Like he, there's a scene where they're cuffed and they're on the airplane Whenever shit starts going down, he stands up and snaps his plastic handcuffs. I forgot he did Just, that. Yeah. yeah. To, like, he could have fucking done that the whole time. The funniest thing is, when we okay, so we, for the listeners, Pace and I watched the movie together because we we're both in Gainesville, and Kenan watched it separate because he's in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. But while we were watching it, they zip-tied him, and he's talking with, like, Dr. fucking Cowboy, and I'm like... The Rock could definitely break out of those zip ties nope. 100%. Like, I don't know why he didn't. It was the first thing we said. We were like, oh, yeah, you could just break out of that. He's The Rock. The, they zip tied his hands. Yes. He's going to break out of it. He, he also knocks somebody out, puts someone in a chokehold, and kicks open a door. He also takes a shot to the abdomen and then proceeds to go on through the movie uninhibited. I fucking this. forgot they shot him in the stomach. Uh-huh. Yeah. He did the yeah. whole yes. fucking latter half of the movie with a gut yeah. shot. Yes. Right, I know, exactly. He should just be bleed. Yeah, I like how his excuse is like, yeah, I think I missed all the vital organs. I'm like, oh, yeah? Oh, I'm still fine. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm not bleeding out or anything. Good thing there are tons of just blank holes in the rock's gut. <laughs> <laughs> He's just got space just in there. there. Extra space. Yeah, it just didn't hit. Oh, it didn't hit anything. Just space for bullets. <laughs> this is my bullet space. This is my bullet space. <laughs> <laughs> his, his abs just fucking blocked it. <laughs> 
just yeah, right? Like, <laughs> so I had one more thing, and this will be the last thing I mention, I promise. But Jesus, okay, no, no, please. Br- bring the funny scenes, Kenan. I want to hear this. Them. Had this is actually one that just fucking bothered me. There is the scene inside the plane, which I guess was like a fucking nexus of stupid bullshit. Yeah, um, yeah. They managed to pin George down as the plane is going down by hitting the brake lever for a forklift that is stuck in place, and the forklift, while the plane is nose diving through the power of gravity runs directly into George and pins him against the uh, plane. I Googled how much forklifts weigh. And uh, George is probably at this point, like maybe twice the size of a grizzly bear. Forklifts weigh about seven and a half thousand pounds. And it would have just killed George. He would have just been dead. Yeah. It would have crushed his body underneath a large fucking forklift. Yeah. Like the, right. That's the thing is like, it seems at parts of the movie that these animals are just invincible, and then like George gets stabbed with like a, a metal rod, yeah, and he gets stabbed through the heart or something. It's like, oh, that hurt. Yeah, through his and chest. you're like, what? That hurt? We did you just get hit with a fucking forklift and you fell out of the sky? <laughs> like, what does it? What does it take? It just doesn't make any sense. But in their defense, the rock also just got shot and then got right back up directly so. in the stomach. Yeah, <laughs> directly in the stomach. All right, you nerds, ready for that? a little. I'm ready. I don't know who went first. This summer. (laughs) This in a world. In a world where ratings don't exist. Oh, fuck. Three men dare to dream. (laughs) And all movies are the same. Let's see. Hold on. I rolled a four. I rolled a two. Okay. Pace, what'd you roll? He's rolling on his app. Okay. Seems like cheating. Hold on. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I, I don't have a die with me. Okay, weird. That's I don't weird. get yeah, why you don't have you one. I got carry. an 18. You got an 18. Go ahead, base. Well, uh, for the science. Yes. I'm really torn here because they are, fucked up. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. This but is a tough decision? No, okay. I'm, okay, I'm going to give the science like a two. I mean, it's not, it's not good, but there was a lot of cool science brought up in the movie. Like, we had a lot to talk about. Um, and one of the things that we... Didn't have time to get to, Canon. Yes. Was, and Sean, was the gorilla speaking in American Sign Language. And this is actually very, very relevant because there was a gorilla named Coco who, between the ages of two and four, mm-hmm. learned 420 new American Sign Language signals. I did not know the number was that high. That's pretty it's fucking ridiculous. Good. Wait, yeah. did you, how much did you say? 420 individual signs from American Sign Language. <laughs> Interesting. Yes. Coco was like, I'm done here. I'm done here, man. (laughs) And apparently this was because gorillas have their own like intrinsic uh, affinity for type of signage communication. Yes, Kenan. Yes. Mm -hmm. GSL, Um, gorilla sign language. Yeah, GSL. Uh, Gym. 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 Sandwich. Sanitation laundry. (laughs) Gym sandwich Um, laundry. Did you gym say gym sanitation laundry? Yeah, gym sanita- sanitized <laughs> I mean, laundry. Gym shower laundry probably would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, so that's that. But I mean, it, it wasn't good. I mean, they 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 took a lot of liberties with CRISPR. We'll just leave it at that. Um, and a lot of them were wrong and radio wave mm-hmm. um, and sonar, bat sonar. Um, for the entertainment, three, I guess. What? Nah, All two, right. two. It wasn't good. It wasn't a good movie. I, I mean, I watched it and I was there for the ride, 
the gorilla should have died. I mean, wow. I mean, and I didn't want the gorilla to die, but it makes more sense for the gorilla to have died. He just saved Chicago from the 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 vices of an ab- abominable wolf and gator monster. True. But I suppose the movie was goofy in and of itself, so the monkey may as well have survived. The ape, sorry, may as well have survived to give the rock that big old bird one last time for solidarity. (laughs) (laughs) So do do I go next? Because I rolled a four. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, for my science rating, this is a no-brainer to me. It's a one out of five, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) I would would give it a zero out of five if I could, but because of Ken and Scale, I'm going to give it a one out of five. I I think the science in this movie, if... If you were to find any grain of actual accurate science, it is greatly outweighed by the inaccurate science to the point where it's negligible. So there's just, it's a one out of five. There's no good science. It all makes no sense. It's crazy. I'll agree with that, that. That's how I would rate it. Entertainment value. I'm going to give the people's rating and Sean's rating. Okay. I think the movie probably sits at like a two and a half, a uh, two and a half, sorry, a two out of five, but I'm going to give it like at least a three out of five because I really enjoy bad movies with the rock in them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like if you went into this movie thinking like, Oh, I want to see this good blockbuster movie. That is not a good idea. But if you go to the movie going like, Oh, another bad movie with the rock in it. Perfect. Then Then this is, this is your movie. And that's how I went into it. So I really enjoyed it. But if you're just like a normal person who likes movies, I'd give, I would say it's a two out of five probably. So that was a good point about the sign language, but I'm still giving it a one out of five. So, Canon. Yes. How about you? I'm going to give this movie a one out of five for the science for everything that has been listed here. And I think I fall prey far too often to giving these movies higher science ratings when they talk about science that exists, right? That bring up interesting science that I'm interested in and don't actually explain it or they contort it pretty poorly. Or pr- they contort yeah. it well, I guess. So this movie did contort, contort, contort. That said, I'm going to give it a fucking four out of five for entertainment. Yeah, it was pretty. I enjoyed it. (laughs) The movie is stupid. The movie's fun. And there are so many moments in the movie that like this is the dumbest possible thing they could have put in this fucking movie. But I would still tell someone to watch it so that they could see this one specific scene. (laughs) Yeah. The guy holding a pop tart with a little blue. That also is just fucking (laughs) wild. And I loved it. Well, I know we got a lot of questions uh, this week, so... Yeah, let's jump into those. Yeah. We got some listener questions. Why don't you lead us off with some questions, Pace? <laughs> let's do the, let's do the ones from Rampage first. Okay. So the first one comes from friend of the podcast, Tori Mackle. And this is kind of a get-to-know-your-host sort of uh, question mm-hmm, that we got mm-hmm. here. And that is, if each of you could become a giant animal, what giant animal? Uh, if I had to be a giant animal, I would be... The well, this is just my favorite reptile. I would be Cordylus cataphractus, the armadillo lizard. <laughs> wow, you really you had that ready All to right. go. Well, because they're cool, so they do this thing. They have this behavioral thing that they use for protection, where they roll up and they bite their tails, and they have a bunch of like hard spines around them, and that's supposed to protect them. But I would do that and just roll over whole cities. <laughs> so I so I think if I were just turning into an animal, it would be a dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> because I would, oh, I, I would okay. sw- I'd swim around with my friends and like eat fish and, and just go like you know make fun dolphin sounds. You'd be a giant dolphin. Yeah, but if I'm gonna go like rampage on someone, like if I have to, I feel like I would be like 
a giant anglerfish Ooh, or something. That one's good. Like a huge anglerfish. Like they just see this giant glowing light sticking out of the water and people would come over and I would like crack in them, you know? Oh yeah. Like just really get them. Okay. That's what I would be. What about you, Pace? I have can I have two answers, please? Yeah, sure. Uh I just gave two, so yeah. Oh yeah, sorry. For my first answer, I want I, there's a giant squid because then I'd be a giant, giant squid. That's true. You'd be a very, very big squid. That's a very big squid. Do you know how big a squid that is? That's a big squid. It's the biggest squid. That's all for. That's all I have for that one. Okay. And then um, my actual one is um, the the ferret, which is the Mustela putorius furo. Oh. And that's because if you were a giant ferret, you'd be the size of a human. And then that's true. And then I could just <laughs> then I could just be a big old ferret and like walking around hanging out with humans. Like, hey, like you- I'm. As big as you, but I'm I'm a skinny I'm a, I'm a skinny skinny fluffy mammal snake boy. You would also and be then... the stinkiest thing in the fucking world because <laughs> ferrets specifically have a gland that creates stench. They do, and that's my own form of beautiful rampage that that everyone would hate, and it would be stank. <laughs> okay, rampage. okay, so your rampage power is your musk. It'd be so it'd be stank page. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So you're human sized. Yeah, well, that's a giant ferret. It's a human-sized, right? So, so you're basically... A furry? You're, 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 <laughs> you're no, basically I'm just, just a like... Giant, I'm, just, I'm just a giant ferret. You're just like a really unkempt individual with like just really stinky and a lot of hair all over. Like, I like it. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It? Very cuddly, You'd though. You'd always be cute. I'd be yeah. so cute. People would want to approach you because of how cute you are, but then they would be turned away by your horrible stench. By your bad yes. stink lines. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's a really loose kind of a, a, a beautiful dichotomy of of ferret stink. All right. Well, this has been very revealing, I think, for everyone. <laughs> All right. What's the next question, Pace? <laughs> the next question is from Curtis Ryan DeGraw or Merman. Merman, friend of the podcast. Merman. Uh, which scientifically gigantified animal would make the best pet? Oh. Or, at that scale, would pets just be too unwieldy? I love the second question. <laughs> An unwieldy pet. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> yeah, I feel like a lot really of these pets are too unwieldy. unwieldy. They're very unwieldy. Yes. But the best pet would obviously be George. Yeah. Let's be obvious. Yes, serious. true. It would be George. Because he yeah. can sign. He can sign. He can flip you off. And he's he can chill. Be your wingman. Like he's he's ready to go. I don't know. Well, now I'm thinking though that it's got to be a ferret because they'd be human sized. Yeah, 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 that yeah. would just be a lot easier, you know. You'd have your friend, it would be... the human sized parrot. Or if you have an animal that's like less stinky, like a groundhog or something. Or um, did you say parrot, Kenan? I did, but now I, now that's what I want. Now I want to yeah, change my yeah. answer. <laughs> Could you imagine just a, a human sized parrot that's just God, like that's terrifying? Yeah, you're oh, afraid how's of birds, dog. <laughs> Oh, that's so scary. They would their eyes would be so big and unblinking. You wouldn't have to teach it sign language. It would just fucking speak English. That would be so great. That'd be awesome. Well, it would mimic. It would it would be ditto. It'd be ditto. No, they I mean you could get like an African gray. They have like the the speaking level and comprehension level of like a three year old. Sure, sure. You, you know what right. would be okay, so if you had this African gray and it was giant, then because it's vocal cord like because it's bigger, would it sound what? deeper? Would it be like <laughs> how's it going? <laughs> Oh, you want a cracker? That's, that's good. That's good. Thanks for the question. Thanks for the question uh, from both Tori and Curtis. Friend of the podcast, Tori. Um, both friends of the podcast. The next is a question from one of our patrons, uh, oh, Kyle, shit. who is on Kyle. Twitter at Twitch Vladvos. Please tell me if I'm saying your Twitter name wrong. Um, shoot me that message on Twitter. But 
He has one question in regards to Rampage and two from Flatliners that we missed last week and we're so, so sorry. Oh, shit. We're going to get to them this week. But the first one is, how realistic is the radio frequency lure thing that occurs? And we kind of talked about this a little bit. The conclusion we came to was that the radio frequency might, as a lure, might work if the animals were somehow able to use bad DNA to detect radio waves, which is not how that works. Yeah, I I think that... Barring that, the most logical, the actual most logical explanation is that they have an embedded transmitter in their bodies that allows them to pick up on radio waves, or they're yeah, wearing. Walking. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. give you, in my opinion, the most like comparable scientific uh, allegory. Okay, I think that so sea turtles can detect magnetic fields yes. and there's a lot of there's a lot of debate that there like birds can do this and there are different types of animals that can detect magnetic fields yes. which is basically a type of electromagnetic you know radiation it's it's different but you can detect magnetic fields not necessarily radio waves but well actually so, i think there is i think uh, to your point i think there is actual investigation done into whether or not radio radio waves Radio waves. waves. He's so cute. <laughs> radio <laughs> waves. I wanna. <laughs> radio waves actually disrupt uh, flight patterns of birds. So there is, there are animals in real life that can detect magnetic, the magnetic field of the Earth, and use it to orient their position on the Earth. Mm-hmm. So that is a real thing, and it's possible that if they had gone with something like that and discussed that that's how they were doing it, that that maybe will have. It's still is not very realistic, but it's a little more realistic than what they came up with with bats, because it doesn't make any sense with bats. So Agreed. Last question, also from Kyle. Uh, is there actually a scientific basis to memory recall and near-death experiences being linked? Probably a valid point to say that, like, as you're dying, your neurons in your brain would be firing at somewhat a dysregulated rate and you would likely be experiencing things that only exist within your memory. Um, I don't know if those would be things that would be entire events. I have to imagine that it would be a little bit like hallucinating. I think that like from, from the, the standpoint of like a near death experience, I don't know about actually dying and then being resuscitated, but like from a near death experience, I think in general, a good rule of thumb is that like, if the event is very important, whether it be that like it was traumatic or very emotionally charged, you're generally going to have a greater reinforcement of that yep. event in your memory, right? So like if you almost die, as long as you're conscious for enough of it that it's going to be a very like, I don't know, influential part of your life, then you'd think that that would reinforce that memory. Mm. But I honestly have no idea about after you die. But, I mean, that's a good point, Kenan. Like, you'd think that there might be some shit going on. Yeah. Well, I, I think a lot of it just comes down to what, and this is still debated, but, like, what is a memory? Like, what, what classifies a memory? And in general, like, a memory is just a, uh, it's just a, a connection between two or more neurons, and it gets strengthened as it's reinforced. So, I mean, having a near-death experience, I don't think would necessarily change those un- unless you are having I mean your your actual near death experience itself would be memorable memorable because you would have a right. lot of emotion associated with sure. that and that would be impactful but in regards to bringing back old memories I mean in regards to like the the joining of the of the conscious and subconscious you might experience the the memories because the ones that are strongest and 
uh, within, within your subconscious, but I don't think it would change the way you experience memory after the near-death experience. Yeah, I would, I would chalk up things like people saying that their life is flashing before their eyes to people probably just immediately thinking about their biggest regrets when they think they're actually about to die. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, that's natural. True. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah! Thank you for the question. So yes, thank you for the questions, Kyle. We appreciate thank you, Kyle. It. Yeah, yeah. We appreciate it a lot. And thank you for being a patron of the show. Yeah, we appreciate it. You the bomb though. Um, if you want to ask us any questions at any point, and we'll reveal what movie we're about to watch uh, next week uh, in just a second, um, you can reach us at realsciencecast at gmail dot com, realsciencecast on Twitter, or at our Facebook page on uh, which is also Real Science Cast. And, feel and again, free, it's R E E L. R E E L. Yes, please. Yes. Feel free to reach out to us on any of those form uh, platforms and ask us any questions about any science or about any of the movies we watch or just I don't know. Uh, engage. Yeah. Just engage. If you have any engage leads on a human-sized ferret, then let us know. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we want. Yeah. So boys, what movie are we going to watch next time? We're going to we're going to watch Come on and jam. Yeah, we're going to watch Space Jam. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that would be great, but we're not going to actually we're watch Space Jam. We're going to watch the... Uh... We're not going to about Michael's secret stuff? <laughs> okay. No, I don't want to talk about Michael's secret stuff. I like to do what? <laughs> Next time. Sorry. We were going to watch the movie Still Alice, starring yes. Julianne Moore, Alec Baldwin, and Kristen Stewart. Which is about early onset Alzheimer's disease. Yes, it is. So it's going to be pretty sad. Bring your tissues. Bring your tissues. But ask us questions about, preferably not memory, but specifically about Alzheimer's, because we've covered memory a lot on this podcast. It's true, 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 true. Yeah, how about neurodegenerative diseases? Yeah, ask dude. us about that. That would be great, because that's literally what my dissertation is on. What? So, I thought you were a dietitian. Dude, <laughs> I know, right? No, Kenan, he's a nutritionist. Oh, got it, got it, got it, got it. Got it. Anyway, thank you everyone for wasting an hour of your life with us hey um, whoa hey come on we 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 work hard i mean that sarcastically um because we're great and so are you listener the other thing that you can do to help us out uh because we have some plans for some new content and our once pace graduates are going to try and bring some of that to the forefront um if you come over if you head over to our patreon page which is also real science cast r-e-e-l uh, you can give us a monthly donation that helps the podcast grow, helps us pay for things like movies and for hosting our content and things like that, and eventually will lead to us potentially playing a game of Starfinder and putting that out for Patreon. As listeners. scientists. Hell yeah. But at the very least, please tell a friend about the show, because honestly, we just want more people to listen to it, and yeah. word of mouth is the best way to do that. So if you like it, it tell a friend, and yeah. yeah we do not Thanks pay for to listening. advertise the show. So no, we do not. No, we do not. The other thing that helps us a lot is if you go to iTunes and leave us a five star rating and review. Uh, that helps with our visibility, visibility, and helps us climb that ladder so that we end up on top of all the podcasts and then uh, step on all of them that are below us and cr- crush them until they're gone. Because no one likes being on bottom. Speaking of advertising, there are three available billboards in Stark, Florida. <laughs> if you, if you know, if you want a podcast billboard, yeah. there's yeah, yeah. three. I was. <laughs> I was driving by with Sarah, and I was like, how much do you think this costs? And she's like, why? <laughs> like, well, I have a podcast, you know? I don't know. <laughs> this is this is a fucking promise to all of the listeners. We will find out how much it is to get a billboard, and if we can that hit... That could be our Patreon goal. If we can hit a reasonable <laughs> Patreon amount per month, we will put up a fucking billboard in Stark, Florida, with all of our faces <laughs> on it. 
we'll actually use your money for real things like buying better equipment yeah, and stuff. Yeah, Anyways, yeah. thanks for listening. Should we sign off? We should. My name's Kevin Smith. My name is Sean Crossan. I'm Michael Pace. All right, let's do our let's you do our don't, outro. You don't need good science to get drunk. to make a good movie. I think it's get drunk do science. Get drunk and do science. You don't need good science to make a good get, movie. Get drunk. Stay stay classy. Let's st- tell drunk. you what. Let's all say it at the same time. You ready? Okay. One, two, three. Get drunk. You don't need science. good science, science to get, make a good movie. That was good. Yeah. The downside to this is we don't have any like shitty witty banter at the beginning, so we should probably start doing this like way earlier. <laughs> we could just do some shitty witty banter. Shitty witty. Hey guys, I got ant poison all over my house. <laughs> <laughs>